This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023-24 season. And this one, before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube for all things L.A. sports and L.A. basketball in particular and NBA. And, of course, follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. You can also find this on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But, yeah, only one game to talk about. Unfortunately, Laker fans, Saturday night, I got some plans, so I won't be able to watch the Rockets game. I'll cover it either in a YouTube short and basketball on Figueroa or just basketball on Figueroa. Um, by the way, I see 30 people on Twitter. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here. So, I need you guys to do me a favor and come to the YouTube link that is right underneath the tweet that you're watching. Please, I do not make as much money off Twitter. I want everybody to get to YouTube because I need that 10K subscribers bad. So, I'm deleting the link. Join me on YouTube, please. The link is underneath. I made it convenient for you. All right. Shout out to everybody in the live. This was my first game that I missed. I know it's rare that I'm this season that I'm going to be going live after a home game, but you know, life gets in the way, and unfortunately, I missed a good one. I missed a really good one. Uh, Clippers with a huge win, down 22 points against the Golden State Warriors. Comeback clips back in full effect. I think it was a really solid performance by all four of the big four overall in the game. James Harden for me, actually, 13 strip was James Harden, was the best player in the game for me, in my personal opinion. Uh, I thought he was huge in that third quarter to get us back in the game. He increased the pace of his own play majorly, and that helped the team. Not as much walking it up, but that starts with the defense, right? I think our the main difference in the second half was our defensive intensity. You know, those 1 o'clock starts, those noon starts, sometimes these guys have their head and their asses still in bed. But they were sharper on their communication. So before we talk about what they did so well, let's start in the beginning, why they did so shitty. Um, by the way, Super Chats are turned on. If you want to drop a dollar or a dime, any donation helps your boy get better equipment and whatnot. But first quarter, so... James, I actually thought he had a good first quarter, even though his shot wasn't falling. Coach Joe Missoula's favorite words are offensive intentionality. I know it's random to bring Missoula up, but I always he literally just spams those words in every press conference. And I thought James Harden's offensive intentionality was a lot better in this game, and it's continued where he's left off in the Sacramento game, where he's actually looking to shoot the ball in pick-and-roll situations. He's not just looking to make that pocket pass or you know, make the read in terms of passing. He's making the right read, which means you got to make the defense think you're going to score. If they're going under the screen, you pop that shit. If the big man that is putting the pick and roll is dropping too deep, you pop that shit or get into your floater. If you think that they, they're, you know, they're not very great rim protectors like the Golden State Warriors have, Looney, Dario Saric, they're not even over 6'10". You can go at them, you know? So I thought he was better in that regard. 
and he just was missing threes, but he had some really nice lob passes over to Zoo, and Zoo had our first six points in the game. And again, I think Zubots continues his really good play. Yeah, he got blown by a couple of times, but I mean, 12 points, seven rebounds, three blocks on six for six shooting in 23 minutes. He was a plus one. And I thought that he changed and contested so many shots well. He's been playing great lately. Like the last eight games, he's legitimately been really good. And everyone's going to find a way to shit on him somehow. But I thought he was actually really solid to start the game. I thought one of the guys that started the game like a fool was Podcast P again. You know, Steph Curry was actually guarding James Harden to start the game, which I was shocked at. So I was hoping that James would be a little bit more aggressive in isolation on him to start. Um, but he wasn't. Dre was guard. Dre and Zoo were uh, matched up. I should say, actually, no. Zoo was guarding Dre. Dre was actually guarding Kawhi most of the time. Terrence was guarding Steph to start the game. And then Kawhi and PG were kind of switching off on Clay and Sarich. Clay was guarding Paul, and Dre was guarding Kawhi, just like we saw the other night. And I thought Dre was doing a really good job on Kawhi throughout the game. Even though Kawhi in the first quarter hit a couple shots, I thought that he made his life tough. Warriors off-ball stuff, causing us major issues, you know. It's so hard to guard these guys. Obviously, it used to be harder, but there's so much human error involved when you have to go over that many screens and communicate that many off-ball screens with such lethal shooters and lethal shooters that read your movement or, sorry, read the way you're playing them and react. You know, not just guys that are movers in sets. They are free-flowing out there. You know, you you play Steph Curry topside, he back cuts. He's got all the counters in the book. And Klay Thompson's fantastic off the ball as well. And there was one time really early in the game, Kawhi got beat back door by Klay. And it's just constant, constant miscommunication. You know, Paul George again, I thought in the first half, he was taking contested jumpers when we have Harden and Kawhi out there. There should be no reason why Paul George should be taking contested jumpers you know, after multiple dribbles against the guy that's six, seven or over when we have Harden or Kawhi out there. I'm fine with him taking a contested jumper with a contest of a small guy on like a mismatch or something where the contest isn't even there. But against a guy like Clay, just dribbling three times to take a long, like 18 footer contested or a long or a three contested, that's not it. Like, that's not it to me. It's bad process. It's really, it's, it's the way he shoots himself out of games. And he wasn't attacking the basket at all in the first half. And he was, you know, behind a lot of miscommunications. He and Kawhi had two miscommunications in the game where PG thought they were switching. Kawhi didn't on Draymond Steph actions. And they both went to Steph. And and that's what Steph Curry does. That's the gravity of Steph. You know, he doesn't even need to touch the ball to get you an open shot. And there were several times in the game where Draymond Green, who started out lights out from three, and he's been so good to shoot the three this season, Will it be sustainable? I do not know. I don't think so. But if it is, that's a huge difference maker. Huge in the playoffs. But there's a couple times where they look like they're going to go to a handoff, a dribble handoff with Steph, and Zubats is already getting ready to show, and Draymond turned the corner on him. Draymond offensively, this is one of the best I've seen him look in a long time, if I'm being real. But Clippers, yeah, just not the right start. And then you have the Terrence Mann situation where he just has no confidence in his jumper. There was possessions where Draymond was guarding him and just sagging off, and he's not even looking at the rim. And defensively, both he and Kawhi were getting taken out on every screen, it felt like, by either Draymond or Looney. They weren't even in the picture. 
They weren't in the picture. Kawhi more so towards the end of the game because Steph was a little fatigued. But throughout the game, go back and watch it. Terrence Mann and Kawhi were basically getting wiped out on the screens. Not good enough screen navigation, which is a, a problem for us. The point of attack defense. And Steph was, was cooking on and off ball in that first half. He was. Terrence was struggling. He was just like a net negative, honestly. And so this was one thing that was interesting. So yeah, Draymond was raining threes. Clippers are playing slow. Dubs a little bit more pace. I think no Chris Paul actually helps them in that department. But tinkering Ty, he was in full effect today. Full effect. We saw some completely different stuff as far as the rotations. Usually, he ends the first quarter with a little Russ and Harden action. And I say that, I may sound positive when I'm saying that, but it's garbage. Today, he brought Russ and Kobe Brown in for Terrence and James at 6 minutes and 34 seconds in the first quarter, and then Tice in for Zoo about a minute later. I thought Russ brought some good energy. In the game, I thought he brought great energy, but in the first quarter when people weren't really playing that well, I thought he brought some good energy right away. He hit a left wing three, and he had his three ball falling for the first time in many games in this one. Norm, you know, usually he comes in. In the last few games, we've seen Norm come in with Tyson Russ. But in this game, we saw Norm come in for Kobe. So Kobe really only got four minutes. And I'll tell you what, I, I didn't like what I saw from Kobe. Uh, defensively, I think he, he's going through his growing pains. You know, foul the jump shooter. He's going to have some trouble, you know, some blown rotations. Just learning how to play in the NBA. And then offensively, he had some horrific misses on open threes. One where it didn't even hit the rim. One where it barely hit the rim. Let's see how many minutes he played. He was just, you know, in for some spot minutes, clearly, in this nine-man rotation of the Clippers right now. He played 11 minutes, shot three shots. They were all threes. He missed them all. He had zero points, but he had three assists. Didn't even notice them. One rebound, and he was a minus six. So, not much. Anyway, first quarter. Clippers down 33-22. Klay Thompson, I thought he was fantastic in the first half. Picking up where he left off on Thursday with some pull-ups in transition. The pace without Chris Paul. I think Klay Thompson, you know, I think in movement, he's a lot better than just standstill catching the ball and pick and roll. You saw him go cold last year in the playoffs against the Lakers majorly. And I don't think that was only because it was a slower pace that they were held to and they were constantly playing in the half court. He, he, there's no excuse for missing those shots, but I think he really works better in a movement transition base offense. And I think Chris Paul, he slows that down despite CP3's good on-off numbers or whatever you want to say, his net rating, all this shit. Klay Thompson, he looked pretty damn good in that first half. Threes, mid-ranges, coming off screens, just some really good things overall from Klay. Second quarter wasn't great either for the Clips. I mean, we got absolutely dismantled in this first half. To start the second quarter, we went with James Harden, Kobe Brown, and Zubats coming in for Kawhi, Tyson, Paul George. Notice what that means. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were out at the same time. We haven't seen that much this season. We had it in a little bit before the trade, which is my one problem before the trade, was that Kawhi and PG were coming out in the same lineup at times. But they went out of the game at the same time to start the second quarter. And we had Russ and Harden in there with Zubats and Kobe Brown. And that made me, and Norman Powell, and that made me a little nervous. You know, having Harden and Russ in with 2 on 3 on the bench. And it didn't last too long. Terrence Mann came in for Russ uh, 2 minutes and 37 seconds into the second quarter. 
I thought Zoo continued to be really solid, though. Feeding off of Harden nicely, you're starting to see those two build a connection, whether it be in pick and roll or just Harden having the ability to make good lob passes over the top when he's got good position. And I think Zoo has just been better trying to fight for position, trying to seal, you know, asking for the ball. I always say this about Zoo. It's all about his body language. His body language dictates what kind of mood he's in and what kind of player you're going to get that night. And we've been seeing a lot more positive body language from Zoo in the last week or two. PG came back in for Kobe Brown at 7.59 to go in the second. So again, spot minutes. But the Warriors are just raining threes. You know, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Pajimski, all these guys are hitting threes. And the Clippers weren't. You know, the Clippers were playing at a slower pace. We weren't getting stops. We weren't getting out and running. We weren't creating turnovers on the Warriors, which you need to do to beat them because they're a high turnover team. Nothing. It was just that slow basketball, dribble, dribble. Didn't feel like we got that many clean looks. I thought Harden got some good looks at threes, but Paul George was taking bad shots. Kawhi, a lot of contested shots. He wasn't getting any calls either. Um, A lot of times, Warrior players would have their hand in his midsection on the way up, and they wouldn't call shit. Kawhi came back in for Zubats at the 5 minute and 49 second mark. We were small for about a minute and 23 seconds, and then Tice came in for PG at 4 minutes and 26 seconds, so... You got a little more of that stagger in that second quarter with PG and Kawhi. And my thought process was, I thought that they wanted Harden playing with Zubats in the pick and roll. And they were trying to test to see if Harden could run with four bench guys. And like he can have his own unit. But I still don't think that's a great idea. I think you should only always have two of the big four in at all times. But that wasn't really the case because then Russ and Harden shared minutes and then we went to the quick stagger with PG and Kawhi for the rest of the quarter. Russ actually got back in the game, though, the last two minutes and a half for Terrence Mann, who was still struggling on on both ends of the floor, really. And I thought Russ did a good job just providing energy, you know, making some good passes, getting downhill a bit, rebounding. And Brian Seaman even called it out in commentary in the first half. He said Russ definitely leads when it comes to energy plays right now. But the Clippers are shooting like shit, and they were very lethargic. And Kawhi was solid. James was solid. But we weren't really getting calls. We weren't playing good D. So the Warriors outscored the Clippers 34-26 to in the second quarter. That's 67 points in the first half to our 48 no Andrew Wiggins, no Gary Payton, no Chris Paul, mind you. So, quite frankly, unacceptable. Defensively, the communication was bad. Paul George was playing terribly. And Terrence Mann was playing terribly. And then in the second half, we saw a complete 180 in terms of defensive effort and communication off the ball. Our switches were a lot crisper. So, Clay and Steph weren't just coming off for wide-open shots. Not as many easy layups. And Draymond Green didn't seem to get as many open threes. Now, in the third quarter, Ty made an adjustment to start. He started with Norm instead of Terrence. And I think the spacing generally was better. I think it was. Steph Curry, he started struggling majorly in the second half. We put Kawhi on him as the primary defender. And shout out to Kawhi, you know. When Terrence wasn't in the game in the first half, he was guarding Steph. And in the second half, he was the defender on Steph for the majority of the half. And... That's a big responsibility guarding Steph Curry around in the NBA and Kawhi Leonard to do that. Yeah, I thought he wasn't like there's this narrative that I was seeing on Twitter and it was actually pissing me off. People saying Kawhi locked uh, Steph down in the second half. I watched he a couple of possessions he did a good job, but there were a lot of times where he got wiped out on screens and there was just better help and there was also 
better communication on switches. It was a team effort. If you actually watch the game again, I actually went back and watched all the shot attempts that Steph had in the second half, and only one time was Kawhi Leonard the guy that made him miss. There was a lot of Paul George, a lot of help defense. So the, the narrative that Kawhi locked him down single-handedly is complete bullshit. Uh, don't let anyone tell you that. If, if, if I had, That's not taken away from Kawhi. I, I give him praise for taking the challenge and guarding him. But you have to you have to understand what modern defense is, and I think a lot of people just don't. So if I had more time, I would actually make film breakdowns for the Clippers, but I just don't have the time because they just I just think people are clueless. But one thing we were doing better, Zoo was in that high drop, but to be honest, he was maybe just in drop coverage in the first half because they were walking into some clean looks. Second half, he was pushing up on those screens, higher drop, and I think... That mixed with Kawhi being a little better at the point of attack than Terrence was causing Steph to miss. It also caused Zoo to get blown by a couple of times, but it just put more wear on Steph's legs, in my opinion, you know, than just walking into threes. So better. And I thought Paul George just became a serious basketball player in the second half. Like no other way to put it. He was defending better. He was communicating better. He was trying to get to the basket. You know, he hit a three early in that third quarter, and then he just changed his whole game. Went to the basket, got an and one, scored off a curl. And then, you know, James Harden, he had a stretch where he scored or assisted on 22 points in a seven-minute stretch. And we cut the game from 21 to seven in that third. And I thought he was doing a good job of taking advantage of weak defenders. You know, I'm still on burst watch, right? Looking at who he's getting by. Tonight, or today, Brandon Pajimski. Dario Saric and Steph Curry. So now we see, in my opinion, this is the truth. Unless his three balls just really going, James Harden needs to take advantage of weaker defenders. He's not going to be able to blow by these great defenders anymore like he used to. That's what I've seen for the last couple of years, not just on the Clippers. But against these weaker defenders and against anyone in pick and roll, he should still look to be aggressive. And I thought he was doing a good job getting two feet in the paint. And, you know, Pods, I think he may have stepped on his foot, but it looked like an ankle breaker. Pods was doing a decent job guarding Kawhi the other night, but James might have still been too big of a challenge for him at the perimeter. He still is more of a face-up guy, and maybe Pods' point of attack defense is going to be his weakness in the NBA, but I thought he still gave the Warriors some good minutes. But the Warriors' defense in the second half just fell off a cliff completely, and then you're lacking a shot creator without Chris Paul. You're making Steph do a lot. You know, he's going into a lot of high ball screens. You know, I was in a Warriors Twitter space before I went on live here, and someone was saying that they didn't run Steph into a, a, more ball screens. They needed to run Steph into the ball screens more. And I was like, what game were you watching? Because we, they literally ran him in through a bunch of pick and rolls in the second half. And I just thought he got a little tired. And he was just missing shots too. And Kawhi obviously helped as well. But as I said, n- not just that, Zoo stepping up. I think that made a difference. He caused a lot of misses. He was finishing well. And I thought James Harden was just doing a good job getting downhill. And the pace was just better. And I give credit to Harden himself. He changed his own pace. He got the ball. And, you know, it starts with getting stops. It starts with getting stops. But then he was able to push it up a little faster. We can get some transition threes. You know, it's interesting. You can just feel when a shot's going in and when it's not. What's a rhythm three and what's not. And I was calling out several of them. Missed before they missed. Makes before they made. Watching this game at home. So it's all about pushing off of, you know, our identity before the trade. What's good defense leads to good offense. And we've completely gotten away from that no matter what the stats want to say. We're not as good of a defensive team. We're not causing as many turnovers. And we're not pushing the pace as fast. But when you do get stops, and Harden is trying to push the pace, 
that's when you'll get some better stuff. And I thought that Paul George and Harden really carried us in that third. Now, one thing I give Tyloo credit for, Russ was going to come in for Harden about five minutes in, six minutes into that third quarter, and he saw how well Harden was playing, and he throw, threw Russ back onto the bench. And that was a good move in the moment because Harden was hot, and he was creating a ton of good shots. So good call by Ty. At the 3 minute and 11 second mark, that's when Russ came in for Harden. And I thought Russ just picked up where Harden left off. Pushing the pace at his own pace, which is a little bit faster. Daniel Tice was doing a good job rim running, contesting shots. I thought he had a rough first half. You know, had a, I think he had one offensive foul. Let me check how many turnovers he had. One, Yeah, one offensive foul. And he was just missing some shots. And the Warriors just weren't afraid to go to the rim uh, with Tice down there. So I thought that he just wasn't great in the first half. Second half, though, really good. Rim running, making good decisions out of the short roll. Kawhi and Paul George, and at times Harden as well, but mainly Paul George and Kawhi, they were getting the hedge and recover treatment. You know, two guys on the ball, and Paul George was making some solid passes in that sh- uh, in, in those situations, which got Tice in the short roll, and I thought Tice was making some good decisions. And Russ, you know, found him for a beautiful transition pass. Uh, late in that third quarter, and had also had a nice kick out to Norman Powell after getting two feet in the paint. So I thought that was a good stretch. Kawhi and Norman Powell played the whole third quarter. PG came out with one minute and 28 seconds left for Terrence Mann. And in the third quarter, the Clippers outscored the Dubs 37-25. to So really good offensive quarter. It starts with the defensive end, though, getting stops and then playing with a little bit more pace. And Paul George just becoming a serious basketball player. And Harden's threes started to fall as well. But I again, I like the way Harden was playing in the first quarter. He just was, or first half, he was just missing shots. This was a very quiet Harden game defensively. I have nothing bad nor good to say about him. Actually, I'll say something good. If I'm not saying anything bad, that's good. So I'll give it to you, uh, uh, Plumber. (laughs) Plumber Jim. Uh, Fourth quarter. Let's talk about that one. Paul George came in for Kawhi to start. Kobe Brown in for Norm to start. And a Terrence Mann three changed everything for the Clips. For him mainly, more so than the Clips. Once he made that three, his body language changed so much. I remember when he was guarding Steph, he was lower. His hands were more active. And he had an offensive rebound. He had some good defensive possessions later in the game. And you just started to see... The Terrence man that we know and love also created a turnover on Steph on a deflection. Hopefully, I'm just praying to God that Terrence can get that three ball to start falling because it's really hurting our defense, our offense. You know, there was Terrence and Russ and Zoo in. So then a couple minutes after Terrence made that three, Russ came out of the game. You know, Russ and Harden together were in for about 26 seconds before Kawhi came in for Russ with about nine minutes left. And I thought that was going to be the end of the game for Russ. I thought he was done. Clay made a three to put the Warriors up 98-88. And to be honest, I thought they were going to run away with it, even with Steph having been colder. But Harden and Tice, you know, continue to play well. Tice on that short roll, Harden making some good passes. Kawhi was making some bad passes. You know, the high-risk passes, the cross-court when he was doubled in the post, uh, and then a behind-the-back pass late in the game with Terrence in the short roll were both bad ones, turned the ball over. But the Clippers were hanging around, hanging around. 
And then Norman Powell came in for Terrence Mann with three minutes and 44 seconds left in the game. And you saw a little bit of offense-defense to close the game with Norm for the offensive side, Terrence for the defensive side. The Clips, let me, I want to retract these buckets a little bit. Retrace, I should say. Paul George made a bucket off of a hardened pass to make it 98-93. And then Ty scored on a, I believe, a Kawhi Leonard bounce pass underneath to make it 98-95. to I have to say, though, I was really impressed with Draymond Green's offense in this game. I think I already have. But there was a nice back screen that Terrence Mann set for Kawhi Leonard on the left side of the court. James Harden threw the lob pass right on the money. Perfect time and right in the perfect spot for Kawhi not to adjust too much on that finish, on that catch. So it was 105-102. Clippers are down by three. Norm comes in for Terrence. With 3.44 left. At this time, Kawhi is guarding Steph. And I have to give Paul George credit. There were some times where he had really timely help uh, on Steph when he was getting downhill. One of his misses was... Two of his misses actually were created by Paul George uh, in that second half. Kawhi Leonard, even with guarding Steph Curry, he was able to hit two big mid-ranges late in the game back-to-back. PG actually started guarding Steph late in the game. So to give Kawhi a little bit of a breather, and I thought that was really good. It felt, though, even with us cutting it down to one, you know, the Warriors were basically up the whole game. It felt like we just couldn't hit that game-tying three. You know, t- I think it was Harden twice. Gave the ball to two players for wide-open threes to tie the game. One was Paul George in the corner. The other was Norm in the corner. And they both missed. And I was like, oh, my God, we just can't make that one shot that brings the house down. Terrence subbed in for Norm at 142. Again, a little offense, defense. And Steve Kerr ran an amazing baseline out of bounds. Uh, It was a correctly switched play by the Clippers, too. Terrence was guarding Steph, switched on to pods. Somebody, I forget, I think it was Paul or Kawhi, switched out on to pods. I'm sorry, on to Steph. And Draymond fizzed the pass into pods right on time. And Brandon just did a good job of finishing with that reverse layup. It was a great play. 109-106, Golden State. Norm came in for Tice with 1 minute and 22 seconds left uh, to go small for the spacing. Now, notice, no Russ in this whole stretch, no Zoo in this whole stretch. And I don't blame Ty because Tice was playing so well, but it is just kind of a little bit of harsh, you know, harsh without um, Zoo. It's a little harsh to Zoo, I should say. I just feel bad for the guy. He's playing well, and he just can't close a game. Anyway, it's okay when we win, though, at the end of the day. Paul George almost cost us the game, by the way, on that Kawhi Leonard behind the back. I thought that we were done because this motherfucker forgot the rules of the game that he plays. Again, the new rules. He had a clear path foul on Monday that was very costly, and then he had a take foul to put the Warriors up by 5, 111 to 106. Moses Moody made both with a minute 22 left, and thankfully... We forced a Clay Thompson miss, and James Harden did a good job turning the corner and getting downhill in that pick and roll. I forget if it was a pick and roll or if it was against Steph in isolation. Nonetheless, line drive to the basket. I thought the Warriors let him score way too easily there. And I'm thinking there, Steph was just starting to look tired. He was. 111 to 108 was the game there. And then we had, I forget what actually happened after that. But, oh, we fouled. Yeah, we fouled, and Moses Moody made one out of two because we we had James Harden guarding Steph, 
and then we doubled because we didn't want him to get burned like last game, and they moved the ball, and Moody got fouled by Harden under the rim on the rotation. He made one of two. That made it 112-108. Clippers still in that small ball look with Terrence, Norm, and then the Kawhi, Paul, and James Harden. And I thought Ty drew a really good out-of-bounds play for Kawhi to get a layup. It was awesome. Ty Lu, second half, he coached a masterclass, to be honest. Like, I'm not going to lie. He did a great job uh, at the end of the game. So great out-of-bounds play. We got a basket within three seconds. Kawhi Leonard from Paul George. And now we didn't have to foul, which was huge. And... um. Kawhi Leonard did a actually no, it was Terrence Mann, did a great job on Steph Curry, forced the step back, hand in the face. Steph still created some separation, but it was as good as you can really play him. He missed the shot. And guess who came in, by the way? Because the Warriors called time, which probably wasn't the best idea. I think that was actually a bad idea. Because you know what that allowed us to do? Is not only did it allow us to get set, but we got to put Russ in for Harden. If they had just gone. They would have had to play against, they could have put Harden in the action. So maybe a mistake there by Steve Kerr. And Russ came out of nowhere for that rebound. And this is what you love, Westbrook. Rebound, quick outlet to Paul George. And how about the cojones on Big Podcast for that shot? Down by two. He's not shooting the best. Size up. You know what I said against Utah? When we lost, I said, it's got to be PG at the end of the game. It's got to. He can get his shot off easier. He has more legs to end games than Kawhi. Kawhi seems to just over-dribble at the end of games. What we want is Kawhi being the guy that brings us down the stretch. But PG is the guy that gets the last shot in the last 30 seconds. That's the model. Kawhi or Harden, you know, having the ball at the end. Because the thing about Kawhi is if you can get him the ball closer to the basket, mid-range area... That's fine. But what I don't like is when Kawhi's behind the three-point line at the top of the key, dribbling for 20 seconds and not creating any separation because he's fucking gassed and does not have a great first step because he's playing against good defenders. Paul George got that shit off right over the top. Bucket. And then the last defensive possession. If you want to say Kawhi locked up Steph, it's this possession. Steph did not really get the step. I think, you know, I don't know if it was the Warriors designed to have Draymond in the strong side corner like that. But the thing was, Kawhi was just in his grill, right? He was in his grill. He was forcing him to go on, off the bounce. People like LeBron fans are, you know, trying to say, oh, you know, are you going to give Steph shit for shooting that, making that pass? Steph probably should have shot it, but he was going to get stuffed if he shot it. He was going to get stuffed. There's no way he would have scored. If he had tried to step back, nah, bro. He, he did not have Kawhi on his heels or anything. He was tired. He had done too much. They didn't have Chris Paul, so that hurt him a little bit. It, see, the thing is, I think the Warriors' pace is and their defense is better without Chris Paul, but they just don't have enough shot creation. So Steph is going to work too hard. So they kind of need him a little bit. Or they need him in those spot minutes. I just don't know about closing with them together because the de- defense with those two in clay nowadays is tough. But Kawhi did a great job on that possession. And... So the difference between LeBron and Steph, LeBron's 6'8", 250, bruh. Steph is a smaller guard. That's the difference. Kobe, MJ, Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron, Larry Bird, Magic. These guys can even, 
these guys can get those shots off much easier at the end of games. Steph, it's tough for him. So he made the pass to Draymond. Draymond finally missed. Great job by Russ, helping, recovering. Great job by Kawhi, containing the ball. And the Clippers get a huge win. Down by 22. Definitely one of their better wins of the season. We are now 9-10 on the year. 6-3 at home. We are 6-8 with James Harden. And we are, I believe, 6-3 with the starting lineup. Yeah, 6-3 with the new starting lineup. So we'll take that. 6-3 with the new starting lineup. We'll take that. Let's read the lines for this game, starting with the team stats. The Clippers winning that fourth quarter, 28-20. to So all in all, we won the, uh, the second half, 65-45. to We'll take that. And you know what it was? It was a game of pace. Warriors had a faster pace, played better D in the first half, flipped the script in the second half. Clippers have more firepower, 1-1 one one in the season series right now. We'll take it, and we're going to see them again soon, and you'll get a vlog for that one. By the way, it didn't sound like too many Warriors fans tonight. It sounded about... 40 to 60 split in favor of the Clippers on TV. Let me know if anybody was at the game. But, you know, for the majority of the game, especially with an afternoon game, I didn't expect it to be very loud. It was decent at the end. But um, 100% attendance, by the way. So another sellout. That's good because we didn't sell out the game against uh, Denver. 113 to 112 is the final. The Warriors dropped to 9 and 11, 5 and 5 away from home, which is really good considering last season. Let's read the lines for the Warriors. Actually, let's start with the team stats real quick. Warriors shot 44%. Clippers shot 49%. We got four more shots off than them. Free throws. They got 10 more than, off than us. I knew that we were getting... I mean, the, the officiating was bad both ways today, but I thought that they got a more friendly whistle. Kawhi got nothing. 17 for 43 from deep for the Warriors. So they actually shot really well from three. 39.5%. Clippers just 13 for 39. So another game where we just didn't shoot well. 33%. We shot actually decently against um, the Dubs in the last game. Free throws, at least the Clippers made them. 12 for 14, and those two misses were from Russ in the fourth. 86%, so we love that. Warriors, 19 for 24, 79%. Eh, it's okay. Rebound battle, 42 to 40 in favor of Golden State. It's fine. Assists, dead even at 31 and then turnovers, 15 for the Warriors, 11 for the Clippers. 11 is fine, honestly. That's If you can average that, that's okay with me. And we had 16 points off of the Warriors' turnovers, which is good. We had more fast break points than them, 15 to 12. We lost that category the other night. And we had only a one-point lead the whole game. The Warriors had a 22-point lead. We'll take that all day long. Now let's read the individual lines for the Warriors. 16 minutes from Corey Joseph, and he was an absolute ghost. 0 for 2 from the field. 3 assists, though. 0 points. Jonathan Kaminga got 16 minutes, and I think that's way too little, especially against a team like the Clippers, whose you know, best two players are wings, and you're struggling to guard the point of attack. I don't think that was the right decision, even though he was inefficient. 33% from the field for him from the field, and 3. 6 points, 2 boards. Uh, one turnover on two for six shooting and one for three from deep, one for two from the line for Rancho Cucamonga. And then Kevon Looney, he was all right, actually. I thought he was pretty good, but he's not really a rim protector. We're not afraid of him there. Seven points, eight rebounds, three assists, and a block. Only one turnover, three for three from, uh, for the, from the field, one for two from the line, though. And here's one thing I'll say about Looney. We kept him off the offensive glass. Probably the best offensive rebounder in the league for me as of last season. 
and we kept them off the offensive glass. That's huge. None of their bench players got offensive rebounds. Pods was going for several of them, and we did a good job keeping them off the glass. Dario Saric, who's been, I, th- I think, awesome for the Warriors this season, did not have a good game today. He was getting blown by left and right. Every time James Harden saw him on the perimeter, his eyes would light up. Uh, and offensively, he was okay. I mean, six points. The split action, though, is Saric uh, in the high post, and Draymond screening for Steph is lethal. They got some good stuff on that. Six points, two rebounds, three assists, and a steal. But he had three turnovers. He was three for seven from the field and 0 for two from three. Saric starting instead of Looney, clearly for spacing purposes. I don't know if that makes them better, though. A Warriors fans can let me know on that. 20 minutes for Saric. And then you had Moses Moody, who played 32 minutes, had a really solid game. 21 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, zero turnovers, Five for 13 from the field, two for five from three, and nine for 10 from the line. So, yeah, he led everybody in free throw attempts in the game. Solid performance. Clay Thompson played 33 minutes. He had 17 points, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal. He did have two turnovers, though. One of them he just dribbled off his own foot. And one thing I'll say about Clay is we did, I remember him having 17 points, but there was a lot of time left in the game. So, that means we really did a good job on him as the game went on, as the game closed. So you love to see that. He was 5 for 13, just like Moody. He was 4 for 11 from deep and 3 for 4 from the line. So actually, it wasn't the best shooting game for Klay Thompson anyway. And then you've got Draymond Green, who was really good in my opinion. But defensively, not very uh, – I, I don't remember being annoyed by Draymond's defense in the second half at all. So – a little quieter on that end than normal. 21 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, and a block on 8 for 15 shooting and 4 for 8 from 3, 1 for 2 from the line. Amazing the way he's shooting the 3 ball so far this season. Can he sustain it, though? 21 points from him, you'll take that all day. And then Brandon Pajimski, who actually got as many minutes as Steph in this game. Wow, the way he has quickly gotten into Steve Kerr's good grace is impressive. He did get cooked a couple times, though, one-on-one. But I think he still was a, had a positive impact. It's just tough. You know, he's a rookie. These are big games. 12 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. One of them, the only time I got annoyed with Harden was when he was, he, he had the right, he got he earned the right to ISO on it in the first half, but he was doing his little classic between, 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 tried to do the step back, and he got blocked, rightfully so, with all those fucking dribbles. <laughs> Bzimski, though, 12 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks, 1 turnover on 5 for 9 shooting, and 2 for 3 from deep, that 1 miss coming late in the 4th. I thought he was pretty good, though. And then Steph. Not great. 22 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists. I know it's crazy to say a guy that had 22, 4, and 11 didn't play great, but I don't think he did. He needed to be better. Ran out of gas. 2 turnovers, 7 for 18 from the field, 4 for 9 from 3, 4 for 4 from the line. In the first half, he had some amazing shots, but overall not great. And then the Clippers. 9 deep. I already talked about Kobe Brown's donut. Russell Westbrook actually played the second fewest minutes of any player for the Clips which is a little unfortunate because I thought he played well, even though his plus-minus says otherwise. It's minus 11. But I actually thought he played well. Gave us some good energy, made a huge play late. Eight points, six rebounds, two assists, and a block on two for five shooting. That block was amazing. He came out of nowhere from the corner. Two for five from the field, two for four from three. So you'll take that all day, and I think he did a good job in that second half. Daniel Tice, 22 minutes played. Don't think he was good in the first half. 
good in the second half. Clippers win the game. That means he was good enough for me. 12 points, 4 rebounds, an assist, a steal, and 2 blocks. And you got to remember, that new starting lineup, the 6-3 and three, since we got that, uh, started doing that, you can also say we are 6-3 and three with Daniel Tice. So we'll take that all day long. And then Terrence Mann. 24 minutes, really good fourth quarter, but other quarters not good enough. It's all about that three. He's really struggling with it. One for five in this game, one for six from the field. Three points, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal, but a huge defensive possession late against Steph Curry to force that miss. So it's the little things, right? But, yeah, he's shooting 17% from three right now. Needs And it's going to go down after this one for five. So got to get that up. Zubats. 23 minutes only, but I thought he was awesome again. 12.7 rebounds. Awesome maybe a stretch, but really good. One rebound, three blocks. He did have three turnovers, though, and he was perfect from the field. Six for six, so got to love that. Tice, by the way, making good reads in the short roll, and I think he just has been so good since we've gotten him. Norman Powell, he played 30 minutes, and even though he shot 12 times, he was actually on the quieter side for me. Didn't feel like he got the ball as much, but it was fine. He was actually a plus 14. Again, see, like, if you want to go by plus-minus to, to shit on Russ and say he was the worst player in the game because plus-minus was the worst, then by that definition, Norman Powell was the player of the game for the Clippers, and that's just not true. He had 12 points, though, and he was 5 for 12 on the field, 2 for 5 from 3, which is awesome. A game in which Norman Powell plays 30 minutes and doesn't get one free throw, I got we got to look at the last time that happened because that's wild. But we'll take that performance from Norm all day long. And then the three starters, James Harden. 13 strippers, 21 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal, so almost a double-double, only 1 turnover, so you love that. He shot 50% from the field, 7 for 14, 2 for 7 from 3, not great there, but that's okay. 5 for 5 from the line, and just was, I thought he was the best player today for the Clippers, to be honest. Wasn't dilly-dallying on the ball, pissing me off, not playing that shitty a defense, and he was good. How about Kawhi Leonard? Overall, good game. He's really playing better lately. 20 points, 8 rebounds, 7 dimes. You'll take that. 1 steal, 3 turnovers, 9 for 16 from the field, so over 50%. 2 for 5 from 3, 40%. But as I said, they didn't give him anything. Zero free throw attempts. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? We'll take that, though. Paul George. By the way, Kawhi played 39 minutes, Harden played 35, and PG played 38. So it's playing a lot of minutes right now. By the way, 19 straight games Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have played. Keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Paul George. I mean, that's crazy. He ended up being our uh, game high. He was the game high for anyone. He had 25 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, only 1 turnover. He got a steal as well. 8 for 17 from the field, 4 for 8 from 3, and 5 for 5 from the line. Wow. So you wouldn't even have noticed that he was bullshitting in the first half. That's a good stat line. PG, 13. Getting the job done. Clippers win it 113-112 to in Los Angeles. The first home game I missed this season. Unfortunate, but what's great is that the Clippers came back from 22 points down to beat another team that has title aspirations, even though I think the Warriors are cooked. But anyway, they were missing guys. Clippers... I think they're trending in the right direction. It's all about consistency. You just don't know what you're going to get from this team. Denver next. And I think uh, I'll be there. That'll be your second time getting Denver already. I'm interested to see what kind of reception Reggie gets after that. We got, oh my God, we got three days off. No Sunday, no Monday, 
No Tuesday. Oh, got to love that. Maybe that'll be huge for us, especially with Kawhi and Paul having played every game. Now I'm going to be done and go to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Thanks for listening. And when will you hear from me next podcast version wise? Um, Not Sunday. Maybe Monday. Do the Lakers play Monday? I don't know. Let's check when the Lakers play next. Just, just for the schedule. Just for the schedule. Lakers play against the Rockets tonight. And then they play against Phoenix on Tuesday. So, nah, no Monday. You'll see me on Tuesday when they play the Suns for the third time. Oh, that's in-season tournament, isn't it? Okay. So, you'll see me for that. Peace out, everybody. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to jump a dollar or a dime. Peace.